If you're going to be a CEO, you must have a COO next to you running the business. Here's the truth, Doc. You can lead the business, but they run the business. You can lead the team, but they run the team. Hello and welcome to the Remarkable CEO Podcast, a show dedicated to chiropractors who want to transform their job into a business so that they can have a remarkable practice as part of a remarkable life, not instead of one. With your hosts, Dr. Pete Camiolo and Dr. Stephen Franson. Hey, Remarkables. Welcome to another episode of the Remarkable CEO Podcast. I'm Dr. Stephen Franson. And I'm Dr. Pete Camiolo. We are so excited and we feel privileged to be able to share these really important lessons and messages with such an awesome community of purpose-driven and servant-hearted leaders like you guys that we've gotten such extraordinary feedback from the podcast. We love to hear back from you guys. So we never get tired of it. So we love the accolades. We love to hear how this podcast has helped you in your business, in your practice, in your lives. We just thank you for the, the recommendations as you refer us to other chiropractors and the reviews. Reading those reviews really touches us. So just want you to know that we read all of them. We so appreciate hearing from you guys and we're excited to come alongside you on your journey. So, uh, Dr. Pete, we've got a conversation today that we've been leading up to and into, which is today we're going to talk about the trifecta of being the CEO and really to be a remarkable business. And for you to be able to optimize your position as CEO and to finally realize you know, the reality of what it takes to truly have the remarkable business. You know, Doc, this is such an important subject. I'm just really excited that we're going to dig into what we're going to be talking about here today because I think that for me, the big gap in clinical and practice and going into business, and you hear this from chiropractic students all the time, is they never really learned business. We never learned business, right? And then you get a little bit of this, a little bit there. Then you get into business and there's no real clear like path. And so one of the things that we laid, laid out early on, and I'm just going to say this too, I listen to our podcast every week. It's part of my rhythm. I have a lot of rhythms and I run my life like that. And one of my rhythms is I listen to this podcast. So for all of you who do listen to the podcast, I'm so glad you do. I'm so glad I do. And so I just also encourage you, let's continue to share this with our brothers and sisters in our profession because I'll tell you, coming out of school, you don't hear this. You, you just don't get this information, not from a chiropractic perspective. You might listen to business podcasts, you might listen and read business books, but it's you have to actually translate that. What we have done is we've actually translated this and actually we have applied it. And actually we have hundreds of doctors that are applying it and winning. So this is coming from the trenches every single day of the week. And we're, we're bringing you fresh, literally like fresh baked bread every single week with this because it's coming right from the trench. But I'll tell you, what we're going to talk about today is absolutely comes from the scar tissue of trying to figure out how do you create a remarkable practice? How do you create scalability? How do you have durability? These are, these are cool words. You can read about them in books. It's amazing what actually has to happen for this to be a reality, to, for this to manifest in your life. And, and we're going to talk, we're going to be digging into some of the things, honestly, that we do in the Remarkable CEO program and the Remarkable practice and why doctors who are following the things that we've laid out, why they're doing so well. And, and it's, it's just the fact of the matter. The fact is, if you don't do the structure part right, we say it's, you know, being and doing are two different things. This is, a, this is about doing today. 
this episode is going to be, these are things that have to be done this way for it to work well. And what I'm excited to talk about here today is an understanding of how an organization needs to be structured for it to function correctly if you're truly going to have a durable organization, if you're really going to have a scalable and durable business. This is important. So we have to see it through the lens of the four seasons. So remember, season one is your launch season. This is a season when you don't know what you don't know, but you have to journey through the season. And we all began there. And some of you may be there right now as you listen. And I, I applaud you for starting early. And I know some of you who are out there who do listen to us and you're early on in your practice, you're in year one or two, or even you're still in school and you listen. I want to celebrate you because you know what? I would say that I'm grateful that I surrounded myself with mentors who are much further ahead of me when I was in school because of that, I feel like I had a, a fast track but even not a fast track, a right track. It was just the right track to get there. And I couldn't bypass any of the seasons, but I was able to go through it well. So that's the first season is launch. Second season is build. This is what we talk about. It's head down, bum up. You're a laborer and it's a beautiful season because this is like, you know, the 10,000 hours is where you develop mastery. You have to master your the craft. You have to become, you know, the health coach, that Sherpa. You have to go from being the, the adjuster to the chiropractor to that leader position, that coach, that leader. There's this journey to go through. And that really happens as we journey through the build season and we start to develop the, the laps around the track and you develop a lot of the scar tissue and the learning that has to happen. But there's still more. There's more beyond that. And what I think we've been able to do is in chiropractic is bring in a framework and a language and an understanding and a structure that helps doctors see Okay, yeah, launch. Oh, yeah, build. And then there's another season before you exit because a lot of doctors would historically go build, 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 build. And then I got to try to sell this thing and, and see what I can, if I can capture any value and see if anybody wants this thing. This is a practice really depends 100% on me pretty much. And, and we try to sell this thing off, this personally driven business that's really not a business, it's a practice, it's a job. We own a job, a job we love, which does a lot of good, but it's not a business transformation of a job into a business is massive. And we're going to get into that a little bit today. And so wherever you're at on the spectrum, you might be in build. That's beautiful. Maybe you're nearing exit, or maybe you're in the season right where I'm about to talk about it, which is season three, which is scale. And for you to be able to scale well, you have to do it through the lens of an organizational chart and an accountability chart. You can look through that and you can see how this is possible for it to happen. So, Doc, I know we're going to dig into this a little bit today is the, what we're calling the, uh, the trifecta, right? And how important these few relationships are for you, CEO, to be the CEO. So no matter what season you're in, launch or build, scale or exit, understand we're speaking to you. And if you can start to understand and see this, and then eventually you can do this and have this, you're going to be able to achieve what you want to achieve, which is have a remarkable practice as part of a remarkable life and not instead of one. Well, definitively, the difference between a business and a job is businesses are scalable, durable, and transferable. So I want to unpack one word that you use there, durability or durable, which implies inside of this four seasons in the remarkable practice, durability means that you can continue to deliver value even in your absence, which just by nature implies that there's another chiropractor inside of your business, right? So it implies that you have other chiropractors, other professionals, other caregivers that can deliver value in your absence. 
for the sake of this conversation, let's assume that means that you have associates. It has, you have one or multiple associates that can deliver value, meaning specifically chiropractic care in your absence. So that's one of the three components of the trifecta. So if you are the CEO, you must have an associate doctor inside of your business to truly operate as a CEO who's running a business. Otherwise, you're an owner operator trying to become a CEO, yet by day, (laughs) you don't own a business, you're running a job, right? So the third leg of the trifecta, if you will, is the COO, right? The C-double-O, the chief operations officer, which you've probably thought of in the past of as your office manager, right? If you've read the book Traction, you know know them as the integrator, right? So the integrator or the COO or chief operations officer, if you're going to be a CEO, you must have a COO next to you running the business. Here's the truth, doc. You can lead the business, but they run the business. You can lead the team, but they run the team. This is the nature of the COO. So our trifecta is made up of the CEO, the the COO, which is your chief operations officer and your associate doctor. Dr. Pete, you spoke about this ascension that needs to happen to go from owner operator to CEO when you transition from that launch and build phase into scale and to eventually exit profitably and elegantly. Now, the same has to happen for your office manager. That office manager has to make the ascension from OM to COO. Yeah. And this is such an important transition. So I don't know about about your story, but I know my story and I know a lot of other stories as well. And, And so typically the way that this works is that the person who if we just look at, let's just talk about OM, starting and we'll talk about associates as well. But typically when it comes to OM, typically what happens is the person who's the office manager is either the, the spouse of the doctor. And oftentimes they do it sometimes willingly, sometimes reluctantly, sometimes willingly for a while, and then reluctantly after a while. Or it's simply the, the CA who has the most seniority on the team. They've just simply been there the longest. And so because of that, by just out of maybe out of an honor for the amount of time they've spent there. Like, well, you don't have the skills for the job, but since you've been here the longest, I'm going to go ahead and make you the office manager. So technically you don't have an office manager. You have somebody who's acting as one, but doesn't do one because to be one, you have to do the job well and you've got to have the skills. So what happens is a lot of times in chiropractic, you have either, either a reluctant spouse or you have a somebody who's truly not equipped for this. They're not GWC, which is they don't get it, want or have the capacity to do it. They do it because they happen to be maybe the most senior person on the team or whatever. And, and again, that's not a wrong thing. None, none of these scenarios are wrong and they also actually can work really well if it's the right person. But one of the things that we talk about is how important it is to right fit the role and how important it is to be the right person. It's like, and we always use sports analogies, but they work. You know, you can look at any you know, basketball squad or football team and you can get a pretty good idea of who's doing what role and what position they're in. And you know what? They should be in that position because that's the way that they were wired and made. And so it's the same for, for our chiropractic teams is that the CEO, the associate, and the COO, those are very specific positions on the field. They're very specific skill sets, very specific uh, passions and purposes, very specific talent and skills and hearts that have to happen for those to function well. And so historically, we see the problem is 
that the COO or office manager role, let's go office manager role, is often occupied by somebody who maybe hasn't truly been vetted and maybe isn't, isn't even equipped for that position. So let's define what an office manager is and let's differentiate your office manager from maybe what we would call a back office manager because those two are different from a COO. Doc, I'd love to, to get some of your thoughts on this. I think this is a, this, there's an area of some confusion. Love to clear this up just a little bit for, uh, for the docs today. Okay, let's take a quick break and talk about Cairo Matchmakers. Cairo Matchmakers will help you find the right person for the job. If you're looking to hire the ideal chiropractic assistant, Cairo Matchmakers will help you find the specific person missing from your team so that you can get back to using your talents to serve more people. Or if you're looking to hire the ideal associate doctor, CMM can help. Cairo Matchmakers helps chiropractors like you find the ideal associate doctor to unlock your practice potential and get you the freedom that you desire. To learn more, go to chiromatchmakers.com. And now let's jump right back into our conversation. Yeah, so I love the direction you took that in initially. It was just the many quote-unquote office managers. They're office managers by default, or reluctantly are office managers because they sort of married into it, <laughs> if you will, right? So, or the doctors have said, you know what, this person just won't do these other tasks anymore. So I guess I have to like elevate them into a position of management because they don't want to be at the front. I don't want to be at the front desk anymore. I don't want to do this. I don't want to do that. Put me in the back of the house and, and, and I'll operate on my, you know, so we've all heard those conversations so many times. It's like, next thing you know, you've sort of created this role and built this role around the person who, you know, they, they, you've, you've built this role around an individual as opposed to there is actually a role known as the office manager and, the, and it has a set of responsibilities and there is a role uh, called the uh, COO or integrator and it too has a set of responsibilities, has a job description. So what I want to drill down on is that whole GWC concept. And again, that comes from Gino Wickman's work in Traction. We're going to borrow a lot from that in this because this whole visionary integrator relationship, you as the CEO, as the visionary the COO as the integrator, it's a beautiful synergistic relationship that's really key to all of this, to maximizing this. This relationship is an incredibly powerful, it's an incredibly difficult and challenging relationship, but it is really the key as we really drill down on this one leg of the trifecta, or I should say one of the legs, meaning the relationship between the DC and the integrator. Dr. Pete, as I say this, you know, I think that each one of these relationships calls for its own episode. I think we do a dedicated episode on the integrator and that VI relationship, that visionary and integrator or CEO, COO relationship. And we should also do one on the associate doctor and making sure that, that, we, that we unpack the 10 steps to onboarding a successful associate doctor, how to attract them, how to hire them, how to onboard them, train and equip and develop them, and how to lead to some type of exit strategy that is graceful and profitable for everybody, right? So I think that should be a standalone episode. So let's take a first pass at this and let's talk first about this visionary and the integrator. I want to make sure that people understand as a CEO, you have a job description. Okay. The, not only do you have a job description, we actually have a human being description, right? The person that would GWC this versus the visionary. 
I'm going to read these because I want to make sure that we get these right. If you're a note taker, I'm reading from my notes, which tells you you should be taking notes, right? So let's start first by let's talk about the visionary or the CEO. So doc, we're talking about you right now. So first let's talk about the role and the role means that your, your job is your job description is you're responsible for casting the vision for the business. So that's really an inspirational role. You create clarity. You, you determine what's important now and what's important next, what we call the win-win. You lead the people, you lead the culture, you create opportunities and relationships, and you champion the message in the marketplace, right? So that is your role as the CEO. Now, this type that now I'm going to read you to the description of the type of person that this calls for. This role calls for when we talk about GWC. This is the capacity piece. You have the capacity to do this role well. So a CEO sounds like this. This is the type of qualities you have. You have your very high level, your big picture, you're passionate, you're emotional, you're inspiring, you're driven, you're a creative genius. You like to use brute force because you're an engine, you're an eight cylinder V8, you have lots of horsepower, so you want to use it. You're the turbo and you have a lot of thrust energy. That's the, that's the qualities of the CEO. Now, let's shift gears and let's talk about your counterpart, the yin to the yang on this. Let's talk about the COO, the CWO. This is the person, this is known as the integrator. This is what the job description of this true integrator is. So when you're thinking about your current quote unquote office manager, they need to make the ascension into this role. Listen to this. They execute the business plan. They're accountable to the P&L in the statistical production or performance of the business. Their job is to harmoniously integrate your team. They act as a filter for your visionary ideas, and they're also a filter for the problems and issues that your team has and your practice has. Then their job is to tease those apart and decide exactly where you need to get involved. They run your day-to-day business. So, Doc, as the CEO, you are leading your business, but they're running your business. They're running your day-to-day business. So now let's talk about the qualities of the person that is going to thrive in this position, right? So when we talk about the GWC, again, this is the person that is hardwired to do this role really, really well. They have the capacity, the C in GWC, to do this role really, really well, okay? So I'm slowing down when I say that. I want you to underline that. This position calls for this type of person, okay? So the position calls for somebody with the following qualities. They're logical, they're strategic, they're details-oriented and systems-driven. They thrive and depend on systems. They're a driver. They're steady. They're a diesel engine. CEO, if you are the turbo, they are the diesel, right? So GSD, they get shit done. They're into execution. They love tactics and productivity. They're no nonsense. Very often in the good cop, bad cop situations, they're going to play bad cop because they're no nonsense. And they are highly committed to results and outcomes, and they are your problem solver. Yeah, I, I love this discussion. And I love the, the descriptions, by the way. Just rich, rich descriptions. And you know, hopefully, this is a convicting... The purpose of this podcast is to inform, but also it's to encourage and then also convict. And we should always be convicted, but the conviction should be this. When you think about your team right now, when you think about the role of COO, do you have that person? 
when you think about the CEO description and you think about the qualities of the CEO, is that you and have you been that person? This is a really important subject, Doc, that we're talking about here today because we're talking about your team. We're talking about what it's going to take for you to be a, become the CEO. As Doc, you said just a little bit earlier, you talked about how the difference between a job and a business is it is scalable, durable, and transferable. And durable means even in your absence. That's possible when you have an associate doctor. It's possible when you have a COO that you're in your absence, everything continues to happen. It's a business as usual, so to speak. This is absolutely critical. So for us to create any level of a business, and it comes back to getting the right people. So in Gino's work, he talks about you know, the, the description, which is what we would call the right person in the right role. It's the right role means that the GWC, as Doc, you just went through it, means if they're the right person, number one is they share our core values and they, they, they buy into our vision story. Buy-in means I'm in. That's what it basically means. Like, wait, where are we going? Oh, I'm in. And they jump in the car, like, buckle my seatbelt. Like, when are we leaving? It's like my kids, when I tell them we're going somewhere fun, they're like, where do the kids go? Where is everybody? It's like, they're already in the car. They didn't even have their shoes on. They don't care. They're like, we're going. We're going to a pizza or whatever. We're going to go to the park. We're going to go somewhere. It's like, where are the kids? They're in the car. Why? Well, because they're the right, they want to go there. So they bought the vision. Like, we're going there. I'm going there. That's the level of excitement that people should have when you share with them your vision and the values of the company, the values of our organization is this is how we show up. This is how we show up. So how do you show up? Do you show up like that? Because if you show up like that, that's how we show up. Great. We're meant to be together. So those two things is the right person. The second thing you got to get right is the right role. So if you get the right person, that's check that box. Cool. By the way, this is the role we have available. Do you have the GWC for that? Oh, not a good fit. Why? Well, because I'm not that cut out for that. This is where we can discern in our hiring process who needs to be on the, who should be hired and who shouldn't. If they have the first set of skills, that's an incredible and that has to be the first priority. The second is the right role. So it's the right person in the right role, right position, and the position is defined. And what Doc just went through was the defining the who needs to be in that position, the who part. Because if you don't get the who part right, you can do the how and the what. It just doesn't work. You've got to get the who piece. And that is what was described there. So as we analyze our team, we think about who do I need on my team? The who is the right person in the right position and the right position is defined by GWC. So good. Right. And getting back to sports analogy, you know, I was a baseball player. I was never a great baseball player, but I was a pretty good third baseman. Third baseman, just like every other position on the field, you've got a really clear job description. (laughs) If this, then that, right? So this is your job, right? It is super clear. And the attributes of a person that they put at third base are clear also. Now, if if you're at third base, you better really like odd bouncing balls that are coming at you at high speeds, right? So you cannot be afraid to take a ball in the teeth, right? It's going to take a crazy hop. There's no doubt about it. You cannot be afraid of crowding the batter. You cannot be afraid of charging a hot grounder, right? So you have got to be able to feel that ball across your body behind you and turn and gun it to first base. You've got to have a rifle if you're over at third base, right? So you have got to know you got to be able to pick up signs when somebody's going to drop a bunt and you've got to be able to move your ass towards that plate, pick that ball up and throw over the shoulder of that run at a first base. Right? So there's really clear things that you have to be able to do to be able to play third base. 
And it's different than the role at second base. It's different than the role at shortstop. It's wildly different than the role at catcher, different than the pitcher, way different than the right fielder, et cetera. But everybody has a really clear job description. And it's the job description that says, this is the person that GW sees it. This is the person that gets to play that role on the team. And everybody in the team knows what they can expect of you. And when something happens, they know exactly who is supposed to be there doing it, right? So we love the team analogies for sport, sports for team analogies because they're rich and they're totally accurate, right? So this person on your team, this is your complement. As the CEO, the COO is your complement. And it's so incredibly important that you get this right because if you don't, you can never truly experience an optimized business as a CEO. You can never truly become the CEO who owns a business, not a job, right? And you can never possibly outcome, create the outcomes that you're looking for that are sustainable. You will continually get pulled into that role of owner operator. Now, if you do get this right, it's one of those things where you use your time, energy, focus, and money, and you invest in finding and developing a great COO, a full integrator like this, there's very few things that you can do to amplify your business more than getting this role right. Now, everybody loves the idea of bringing on an associate doctor, and an associate doctor is critical, and it's the other leg of this stool, but at the same time, I want you to recognize the value of that true COO, that true integrator. They're going to be worth more to your business than an associate doctor. I'm going to tell you right now. So as you start to get your frame in your mind of like, wow, how big is this role? You know, how much responsibility do I give them? How much do I pay them? Right. So it's like, how do I set up their compensation? Know that this person is going to be worth more than your to your business than a great associate will be. Dr. Pete, am I right? You're exactly right. And, and I know um, you know, we only have a certain amount of time for, for each episode. And, and I think Doc, you said this earlier in the episode, which is that we're going to dedicate an episode to the VI relationship and also to the associate doctor. But I do want to just take a couple minutes as we wrap here talking about the associate doctor and how important that role is. Because you said, and we talked about the trifecta is the key is that even in your absence. So in your absence, if the, if the product that we deliver is chiropractic care and chiropractic adjustments, you have to have someone who's delivering the chiropractic care and chiropractic adjustments. And that, of course, requires a DC, another DC. So an associate doctor would, would need to be in the, in the office and in the clinic for the clinic to be able to operate. And I'm not talking about a coverage doctor right now. We're talking specifically about an associate doctor who's in the practice, who's part of the, part of the team. And so this is such an important role, too. And there's so much to cover on this. And I just want to call, talk about a couple of problems that we see historically and then we'll unpack how to do it right in, in a different episode. But historically, some of the problems that we see is that many chiropractors are looking for an associate because they are, they're looking for a doctor to build their practice. And, and there are chiropractic associates who you can bring in who are going to build your practice. I'm not saying it doesn't exist. I'm just saying that's how most, most chiropractors, you know, kind of approach this. I want to bring somebody in so they can grow my practice. Unfortunately, most associate doctor relationships to the the owner is that's the it, it's inverted it's actually it's actually the other way around that typically the the best associate doctor relationship to the doctor is actual associate comes in as a great caregiver and they do a great job of doing that and they may have part of them that actually can help you grow their business and that's absolutely should be part of the process but historically most associate doctors are really looking for and what's ideal they want to be able to be a great great doctor, great chiropractor. That's what I went to school to become. 
I want to do that. I want to go and I want to show up and I want to be a doctor. I want to take care of people. I want to do that. If I wanted to, you know, grow a practice and build a practice, then I'll, I guess I would just go for my own practice. And so historically, we, we kind of think a little bit wrong about this. And I know that I thought that way, Doc. I don't know about you. But initially, the thought was, hey, if I bring an associate, they're going to grow my business with me and for me. And, you know, it just wasn't, it wasn't the right approach. And it took me a bunch of associates to start to get this one right. But I started to realize, actually, what I really need is I need a great caregiver, a great, a great doctor. And that's what they wanted, ultimately. And that's what I needed to be able to provide. And again, we have a lot of layers to go through this. There's, there are very, there's a whole spectrum of associates that we're going to get into because this is such an important role in chiropractic. The future of chiropractic actually hinges upon us doing the associate doctor well and doing it right. I believe that the next 10 years in chiropractic actually is going to come down to how well we do the, the associate doctor relationship and position in chiropractic because that is going to be the future in many ways of chiropractic practices is doing this really well. And so historically, chiropractic has not done this well, and we are starting to do it really well with our docs who we get to work with in the remarkable CEO and remarkable practice. And we know that we're going to bring this into chiropractic. So associates who are listening to this podcast, we celebrate you. You are absolutely critical. You are 100% valued and chiropractic exists because you exist and, and we're going to be able to win together. And CEOs who are listening to this, you've got to get this right. You've got to have the right mindset, the right heart and the right behaviors around this because this relationship is absolutely paramount and you running a remarkable business and not just owning a job. Yeah, this topic of associate doctor and the associate doctor relationship and dynamic is as important to chiropractic as it is complex. So this is something that we are going to do a series on. I think we should do a series of episodes on the associate doctors because as you pointed out, Dr. Pete, you just lobbed out a couple of terms there of business builder versus caregiver. And just conceptually, each one of those is its own episode because there are many different models. There's different practice models. There's different business models. There's different exit strategies. And all of these things call for different types of doctors, different types of people who are GWC'd or they're hardwired to behave in a certain way. And so there's some questions that need to be answered long before people even think about advertising to bring on an associate doctor, never mind hiring one. So we're going to go way upstream on this thing. We're going to take it from the top because it is such a critical part of being a CEO in a chiropractic office and owning a chiropractic business. It implies that you do have at least one, if not multiple associate doctors. So we got to help you get this right. 67% of associate doctor relationships fail. And that's a terrible statistic, right? It's, it's terrible. It's bad for the associate. It's bad for the owner. It's bad for chiropractic. When this goes sideways, it's a lose, lose, lose. But I'll also make the argument, if you get this right, it's a massive win, win, win. It's a big win for the associate. It's a big win for the owner. It's a big win for chiropractic. So we've got a real heart for this. Dr. Pete, I know you had a whole bunch of associate doctors. I had 39 associate doctors over the years. So we have a lot of experience here. And as we love to say, we teach from scar tissue. So let uh, the mistakes that we made, the lessons that we learned, the, the sweat equity we have into this, the, the money that we lost, the expense, the pain, the suffering, the time, we're going to accelerate all that for you guys in upcoming episodes. I'm super excited about it. It's one of my favorite topics. It's the third leg of this trifecta of being the CEO. So that's to come. 
get ready. In the up, on the upcoming episodes, we're going to unpack both the VI relationship, which means the visionary and integrator relationship between the CEO and their COO. And then we'll do subsequent episodes on the various models and different types of associate doctor relationships. Man, this is critical that we get this right, Dr. Pete. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Remarkable CEO Podcast. Remember, what the world needs now is chiropractic. And what chiropractic needs now is more successful chiropractors. If you like this podcast, please subscribe, share with a friend, and leave us a review. And if you'd like to connect with us personally, direct message us on Facebook, LinkedIn, or Instagram. Now go and be remarkable. Remarkable.